Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Wednesday, October 11th. It's five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Israeli emergency responders, those with years of experience doing grim work, have been recovering bodies and allegedly they are breaking down in tears. A spokesperson for IDF says the depravity of what they're seeing is absolutely haunting and the depth of the horror unleashed is gruesome. Well, yeah, and obviously the reports have come out about the just barbaric things that these lunatic uh, terrorists did including beheading little babies. Yeah. I mean, there is whatever happens to them, there's nothing that is too extreme. Whatever the Israeli response is, it will not be extreme enough. So during an interview with CNN, uh, the White House spokesperson, John Kirby, he broke down in tears while he was discussing the horrors of the Israel-Hamas war. And let's take a listen to him. I, uh, <clears throat> I, it, I'm sorry, it's, it's very, excuse me very difficult to look at these images, Jake, uh, it, it, and the, the, the human cost. And these are human beings. They're family members, they're friends, they're loved ones, cousins, brothers, sisters. Yeah, it's difficult. And I apologize. Of course, so the, he has nothing to apologize for. So the question, follow-up question to him would be, mm-hmm. what did you think was going to be the end result of leaving tens of billions of dollars of weapons laying around in Afghanistan for the Taliban, Mm -hmm. what did you think was going to be the end result of handing $6 billion over to Iran, which the Ayatollah of rock and roll over there said, we're going to use, it doesn't matter what you're earmarking it for, we're going to use it for whatever we want. Mm -hmm. Who do do you think you were emboldening and what did you think they were going to be doing? Do you think they were going to be using that stuff for a Christmas drive for the Salvation Army like we do? I mean, like, you're upset about this, and every person should be upset and enraged, but what did you think was going to be the end result of arming and propping up lunatic psychopaths who hate America and who hate Israel? What did you think they were going to do with that stuff? Yeah. Well, I think, so Israel, they're used to living in close proximity to their enemies, right? But when you hear stories about burned babies and decapitated babies, that seems to be a whole new level of shock for the world. However, I will say this, when you have the White House spokesperson who is breaking down, I mean, he's human, obviously he has feelings, but when you see him breaking down in tears, how do they expect the rest of us to deal? When the people in charge are getting emotional, how it, Americans not going to get emotional about this when we have 14 people who have lost their lives there and you're inundated with these videos and now Hamas is saying that they're going to 
post it all on social media. Well, and again, as we started the show, a big part of the Democrat Party, and we've laid it out multiple times on this show today, whether it's the college campus lunatics or the squad people or BLM. I mean, these are core blocks of what make up the modern Democrat Party are Mm pro-Palestine. There's no way to interpret what BLM posted, BLM Chicago posted, of the silhouetted uh, parasailer with the Palestinian flag other than they think Israel and by default those Americans who were not harming anyone or not engaged in any way uh, in in violence got what they deserved. So how do you... How do you, because this will blow over, you know, whether it takes a week or a month or whatever, and it'll blow over and you'll be right back to Ilhan Omar and AOC and Cori Bush and Rashida Tlaib. And then the people that they represent and speak for being the core base of the Democrat Party. And and he won't be crying crocodile tears over that. Then they will be back to supporting and emboldening and propping up these same groups of of people who support what's happened in Israel. I keep thinking about what Nikki Haley said that, uh, you know, if it happens to them, this could happen to us. And I I disagree with that because the difference is they had this parasailer come in with these automatic rifles. We have the Second Amendment in this country, and that is the big difference. And I actually looked it up. Only 2% of people in Israel are gun owners. Um, And so for people like Jefferson Shreve and Hogsett who want to take your guns away, keep that in mind because something like that would not happen here because we have our Second Amendment. Well, and I I look, again, I'm loathe to give any credit to Boss Hogsett, but he is running an ad that is very, very good right now to point out the hypocrisy of Shreve and the ad. I'm sure people have seen it because these guys are running ads every seven seconds on radio and television is simply the photo of the guy working for Shreve who it's a campaign event and he is there and he's got a gun in his waistband. Now, this guy's not breaking the law. He's not doing anything illegal. He's not doing anything unethical. However, he would be under Jefferson Shreve's proposal. Mm. And the clip is the photo of the guy. And then whether it's a podcast or a TV show or whatever Shreve is on, it's some Zoom call with the, with the, with the moderator asks him about the photo and he's just bumbling and stumbling and that's the ad there's no narration there's no nothing they, that is the ad and it shows it's a very damaging ad because it shows how full of it Shreve actually is that he's got people out working for him that are doing the very thing that he that he claims will solve right. violence in the city of Indianapolis of course he like Hogsett are both full of it but that's the point you have that right it is what you know there's a reason they made it second, right? The second amendment right behind free speech because it is so important and you have the right to be able to defend your yourself. You have the right to defend your family. And uh, for most of us hope we never have to use it. Most of us hope that we're never put in that position, but you're right. That does make it easier to fight back, but there would that, we're naive to think that there will not be more terrorist attacks in this country. There will be, whether it results directly from this, these events or not, don't know. But the reality is when you have millions of people coming into the country and you don't know who they are or where they're at, mm-hmm. 
not all of them are here for sunshine and rainbows and the American dream. Right. It is 13 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And uh, how about two politicians in a row who you might actually like, Rob Oh, Kendall. how exciting. This first one's not even from this country. Oh, very Danielle good. Smith is her name. She's the premier of Alberta, Canada, and she is the first major elected politician in the world that has issued an apology to the unvaccinated oh, people for crimes that were perpetuated against them yes. and their rights by the government during the COVID lockdown. Very exciting. I'm very excited to hear my apology. The community that faced the most restrictions on their freedoms in the last year were those who made a choice not to be vaccinated. I don't think I've ever experienced a situation in my lifetime where a person was fired from their job or not allowed to watch their kids play hockey or not allowed to go visit a loved one in long-term care or hospital or not allowed to go get on a plane to either go across the country to see family or even travel across the border. So they have been the most discriminated against group that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. That's a pretty extreme level of discrimination that we have seen. I don't take away any of the discrimination that I've seen in those other groups that you mentioned, but this has been an extraordinary time in the last uh, year in particular. And I want people to know that I find that unacceptable, that we are not going to create a segregated society on the basis of a, of a medical choice. Uh, thank you. And I face that here. Uh, many people are aware, you know, I, every once a week I had to go get a COVID test and they made me pay for it. I mean, they 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 basically tried to shame me and mm -hmm. there were like three or four other people in this whole building who didn't. Now, this is not our current current ownership we're talking about. We're talking about previous ownership. They basically and it's like you think you're going to shame me into anything. I have no <laughs> shame, people. Um you know, they made me pay for it for a while with my own money. And you had to make this long trip up the elevator and go to the seventh floor. And then my favorite thing was they made me keep wearing a mask because I was the only person I believe on our floor at the time who was actively here at work, who was unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. And there was like a tattletale squad that if you were not wearing a mask, someone would call up to the seventh floor and then you'd get some you'd get crappy reported. ass email from time to time. You were seen in you the hallway. You were seen without your mask on. You're violating your employment agreement. Mm -hmm. Oh, kiss off. <laughs> um, and yes, they, they tried to make people like me feel like we were some, you know, human petri dish yes. as the as the governor, uh, Lockdown McGee, would, would say. And... Those people, the people here who tried to do that were totally wrong. They didn't prevent one, and their little good time fun gang didn't prevent one person from getting COVID. You were not more or less likely to spread COVID because of that stupid cloth mask. The people who were vaccinated were not any more safe from getting COVID than I was who wasn't vaccinated. And yeah, I was treated like garbage. But the principle of it up to and I told them, I said, I will lose this job over this. Mm -hmm. You can fire me over this. I'm not giving in on this. And ultimately, over time, mm -hmm. I was proven correct. Well, you've gotten your apology yes, from the you. premier in Alberta, yes, Canada. Yes, someone in another country. Okay, yes, thank well, you. Here's it's another. All, it's all, we're all even now, Casey. Yeah, yeah, right. Even Stephen. Okay, so here's Rand Paul. And he has promised bombshell revelations against uh, Anthony Fauci. And he has vowed to take him down. 
From the very beginning, Anthony Fauci knew he was involved with funding this lab, and he did everything possible. It's throughout our government. Eight different agencies in our government are covering up their support for this lab in Wuhan. It's ongoing as we speak. Even though we've had uh, unanimous Congress declassified information, I have classified unclassified information that's being withheld from me to this day. But we have evidence, yes, that they were dishonest, that Anthony Fauci lied in hearings to me, which is a felony, punishable up to five years. We now have emails that show him saying that he knew it was gain of function, that the virus looked manipulated, and that he was worried that this came from the Wuhan lab. Okay, so uh, strong words from Rand Paul, but when's he going to do something about it? Well, this is always the question, yeah. right? It's easy for people to bitch and come on and flap their gums and, you know, et cetera. But there always seems to be very little action from the Republicans when mm-hmm. it comes to doing something and holding people accountable. Now, you've heard about this little uh, tiff that's going on between Aaron Rodgers and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he called him Mr. Pfizer. Mr. Pfizer. Yeah. And now Aaron Rodgers has come out and says that he wants to debate Travis oh. Kelsey. But he wants a team. Aaron Rodgers says that he'll take RFK Jr. and Travis Kelsey can have Dr. Fauci. Oh, I thought he was going to say Taylor Swift. (laughs) Hey, did you hear that there are rumblings that Seinfeld might be coming back? I know. We have to talk about that coming up. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 22 minutes after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Was this your favorite sitcom? Pretty close, know. right? Yeah. I mean, this is... It's up there. It's on yeah, your Mount Rushmore. This may be, yeah. Seinfeld's probably the best. I yeah. mean, when you think about consistency, longevity, mm-hmm. the writing, the characters, Seinfeld's yeah. probably the best show of all time. Uh, do you realize that the finale was 25 years ago? Yeah, I would have been in the eighth grade. And uh, so that seems about right. Because I'm I'm now one of the old people. Yeah, you are old now. Uh, so Jerry Seinfeld, he was doing a stand-up in Boston. And at the end of his stand-up, he takes questions from the audience. Yeah. And somebody asked him about, you know, a new ending. Because you, you recall the show ended with the four of them being arrested and locked up in prison. Yes, they were. Uh, it was a pretty bad finale for a show that was that great. And I think part of the trouble and they've they've talked about the census how do you take this show that Mm -hmm. was so groundbreaking and how do you end it because let's face it while there were some things that connected the show the themes of the show over the years it wasn't like dallas or it wasn't like mash it was you know it was each show is sort of its own individual thing and they're engaged in these wacky things and then there's all these hundreds of side characters many of them who become legendary and memorable and i think their goal was to try to bring as many people back as they could and they that was the way they came up with but a lot of people watched it and thought eh, a little underwhelming for mm-hmm. the, one of the greatest shows of all time but expectations were so high so it doesn't matter really what they could have done people would have been disappointed but he was asked in this stand-up in boston about the finale of the show and he said something is going to happen that has to do with that ending it hasn't happened yet so that's either a big tease or they're working on something back in 2018 he said that there could possibly be a revival leave it leave it no way Casey. you got to leave it this stuff happens all the time so like they're getting ready to do the fraser reboot mm -hmm. and 
I don't know, man. I've seen some of the promos, and it just doesn't. And I can't imagine Kelsey Grammer, because he's such a distinguished actor, would do anything to embarrass himself. But the, the, do these reboots, do they ever work? Is there ever a reboot where you're like, man, I'm really glad they did that? Yeah. No, not really. So 76 million people watched that season finale of Seinfeld, and they've kind of tinkered a few times like there was a what a, a quasi reunion back in 2009 on Curb Your Enthusiasm and then they did the Super Bowl commercial yeah. at one point and Jerry Seinfeld himself has often expressed his regret in how it ended like he even thought they could have done a better ending Kev you love the Seinfeld and the Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah, and actually, over the past few years, I've grown to love Curb more than Seinfeld. Really? There's yeah. a lot of people who are, I mean, now it's not like, oh my gosh, there's like tens of millions, but there are a lot of people who share Kevin's view that are just rabid Curb Your Enthusiasm fans and say it's a better show mm -hmm. than Seinfeld. Now, I kind of look at it as it was HBO, they had more freedom, it was a niche audience to begin with because it was HBO and so few homes compared to network television had it. But yeah, there's a lot of people who, uh, it was super. I love that they had Super Dave Osborne as, yeah. wasn't he like his neighbor? In, yeah, his neighbor or something on the Rest in peace, on the, the show. Way. Yeah, Super Dave was great, uh, one of the all-time great characters but leave it be mm -hmm. let it go mm -hmm. uh just just leave it leave it leave it leave it be i saw jerry seinfeld do stand up back in 2001 and it was five six days after september 11th mm -hmm. and it was one of the very first things and he came out on stage and his first line was so we meet again and then he went on to say how you know what we the whole country needs a laugh so don't feel guilty about being here go ahead enjoy yourself tonight and and it was a do, really good do you show think he's funny i'm not being facetious when i ask this do you think seinfeld is funny i think his observations are are I, good i have I, yeah I'm not a fan of his stand-up at all. Thank you. I've never thought he was funny. That whole show, the other three are brilliant. Mm -hmm. I have never thought he was funny. He's a horrible actor. Well, yeah, he he's the a worst. bad actor. He is, the worst. Like he is the worst part of that show. It's not even close. But I, mean, I think that's kind of like the fourth wall almost coming down when you watch it, that you know he's really not the actor. But he's not funny. Like, he's not... I think he played the part well. I just think Larry David's writing mm -hmm. yeah. made the show. Absolutely. I mean, look, look at the... What has Seinfeld done outside of the show Seinfeld that you were like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Like B okay, movie. That's what I was going to say. B B B right. You're making the point for me. <laughs> B movie. Um, the, uh, like any of them, really. I mean, the rest of them kind of got typecast. Julia Louis-Dreyfus has obviously mm -hmm. done some things, but she's fantastic in Veep, which you would, yeah. I think, appreciate if you ever watched that show. Um, but let's just hope they do the right thing mm -hmm. and keep, just keep, just don't tinker. It. Just let it go. Let it be. I don't want to know what happened to Kramer. Yeah. I don't want to see a 75-year-old Kramer. Mm -hmm. I don't care Costanza. I just, I don't. Just leave it. Just leave it be. Casey, yeah. uh, when we come back, I have to issue an apology. I said something yesterday uh, that my emotions got a little bit of the better of me. Uh -oh. And I would like to, while in the spirit of what I said applies to the person who did the thing that enraged me, I encompassed a large swath of people in the statement, and that was not fair. Okay. And you know me, I am, while an insufferable jerk, 
I am a person who does care about the feelings of others. So get ready, Bal. I'm actually going to say I'm sorry to someone. Wow, that's going to be a shocker. It's coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is 1133. It's Kendall and Casey. Basketball. On 93 WIBC. I'm just thinking about the two of you after a night with WIBC yeah. when you're driving Kevin home in his van. Yes. Just cruising down the highway. Oh my gosh, it was great. In so, the van. So Kev, if you missed the show last week, Kev had, a, had himself a great old time at the night with WIBC. We yeah. made an executive decision. Kev could not be left to his own druthers. And so my wife and... I and producer Allison came yeah. up with the game plan that my wife would drive herself home. Yeah. I would drive Kev in his van back to our house <laughs> where we could keep an eye on him. And so we were, Kev and I were just rolling down the interstate mm-hmm. with uh, Viagra Boys yeah. Sports at an epic level that I still can't hear from. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Uh, Kev was saying all sorts of nonsensical things. He was coming up with plans for world peace. I'm sure uh, he was. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just, it was. I was on top of the world in that moment. Yes, yeah. you were. I'm just imagining like Wayne's world with the two of you, you know. <laughs> it was exactly In like the that. van. Yeah. Next time, next time, record yourself so we can solve I, all the problems. I like to world. live in the moment. Okay. You know. And then the best part was we stopped at the liquor store on the way home and the guy at the liquor store <laughs> was like, more. is that man okay? <laughs> Kev, was, Kev, I don't know if he was speaking in tongues Blink or what twice was going on. if you need help. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't forming complete sentences at that yeah. point. Nice. Hey, you did something really stupid well, yesterday. No, I didn't do stupid. Okay, first of all, look, here's the deal. You know how I am about my stuff, Casey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm pretty, like I need particular. My, yes. Like I, look, this is a pretty high stress job. Like we're talking to tens of thousands of people Mm -hmm. at any given time Mm -hmm. and it's recorded and everybody is cheering for us to fail, Mm -hmm. right? There are just, not everybody, but many people. Maybe you. Yeah. There are many, many people who would love nothing more than to see us fail. Yeah. And so as such, I need my stuff where Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be so that I know how to operate at a, the highest level possible. Mm -hmm. And when people start messing with my stuff. Yeah. It really angers me because it's not your stuff either. Mm -hmm. It's the company's stuff, and the company has things in certain positions for certain reasons. You want your own stuff? Go get it. Mm -hmm. Between between the hours of 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, we are entrusted with the stuff to make things work, right? That's how this goes. And the stuff with the camera... Yeah was this ongoing saga <laughs> and it was apparently over the weekend yeah someone was told not an on-air personality but someone else was told we are in the process of fixing the camera whatever do not touch any of the camera stuff just leave it alone kev am i articulating what we were told by someone in a managerial position that's correct right correct yes okay mm-hmm. so this person was told, do not touch the cameras, do not mess with the cameras. They've been broke. We're trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal, right? The guy then proceeded, apparently, as Couldn't we were told, himself. to start messing with the cameras. Couldn't help himself. So then, when we came in here the other day, yeah. was it yesterday? Mm-hmm. And the cameras finally got the necessary cables to start working. Now the camera itself is not working properly because Doofus 
defied a direct instruction. And touched the stuff. And touched the stuff. Yeah. It wasn't like he just took it on his own and it wasn't told. He was told directly, do not mess. And I believe the guy in management told him, you know how Rob's going to be <laughs> if you mess up the camera. Yeah. And he did it. Uh-huh. And it pissed me off. He poked the bear. And it just like it pissed me off the last time mm-hmm. when people moved the thing and didn't put it back. Mm-hmm. It is not yours. Yeah. It is where it's supposed to be for a specific reason. You don't come into people's house. Mm-hmm. It's like when Kev stumbled into my house that <laughs> night, he had enough of his whereabouts to know, yeah. can I do this? Is it all right if I do that? Mm-hmm. You ask. Kev, when he left, put everything back where he found it. My house was not some colossal train wreck because that's what good and decent people do. And this clown, Mm-hmm. Messed with the stuff. Yeah. Caused us a whole bunch of extra work. Mm-hmm. Screwed up the YouTube feed at one point. There was some echo some that we were trying to fix. Weird stuff. Because he defied a direct order and it made me very angry. Yeah, he would definitely fail in the military. Now, what I should have done was taken my anger out on the person who did it. Right. And I should have just directed it <laughs> at that specific person because I knew who it was. Mm-hmm. Instead, I made a comment about weekend people as a collective. You did. You made a blank statement I and did. threw everybody in the pot. Now, I did that because it's like Hammer making fun of fat people. I was a weekend person. Right. I can do that. Okay. You know, I... I Just when you were a junior producer? That I was... Uh, I, oh, you think Kev's bad. Boy, you should have seen me produce the women's show. Boy, you <laughs> want to talk about half-assing it on a daily basis. I can't believe they kept letting me work here, much less promoted me. And because I'm very self-deprecating, Casey, I assume that everybody will take the deprecation. See, mm-hmm. I dish it out to myself the same way I dish it out to others. Sure. And I was doing it as a a way of endearment because I was a weekend person. I even ripped on myself when I was saying this, but I wanted, I've had a day to think about it. And I thought some people that work here may not have processed or understood what I was doing. And there are many, many fine people who work on the weekends. Mm -hmm. Some of them are the very, very fabulous broadcasters. They do many amazing things. My intention was never to demean those people. I was doing it in jest and in fun. And my ire was at the one person who deliberately defied a direct order not to touch the stuff. And that enraged me because it made our jobs, while we were trying to do our actual jobs, way harder and that was ridiculous. So you put everybody who works on the weekend in one group together. Yes. And shamed them all. Yes. And you owe somebody an apology. That was I owe everyone an apology other than the a-hole <laughs> who for some reason mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. defied a direct order and made my job markedly harder. Now, I was angry because other weekend people had previously done the same thing with mm-hmm. the camera. Mm-hmm. So I think I was still angry about that. Mm-hmm. And so I think I was just letting that go. But obviously, we're talking a select group of people, not every person who's here on the weekend. And so to those people who I may have offended, while it was in jest and in fun, and I was partially doing it to make fun of myself because I was a weekend person, mm-hmm. if you are in any way, shape, form, or fashion, <laughs> other than the a-hole who screwed with the camera and made our jobs harder yesterday, 
I am sorry. So there are some people that work on the weekend that are fabulous. Terry Stacy. Yes, wonderful. Allison. Yeah. Hammer and Nigel's producer does a lot on the weekend. Uh, uh, Denny, Kylan. Denny. Denny Pat. Smith. Pat Sullivan. I mean, Guy Relford. Ethan Hatcher. I mean, these are some good people. So shame on you for putting them all in one big basket Oh, I love that. I'm going to get a mom lecture here from you. <laughs> Don't. I know what you're thinking, and I'm going to stop you before you even go there. <laughs> Because you're going to owe me an apology tomorrow if you keep walking down that road. Well, so don't, don't, don't even, I love don't, the, don't. I love the fact that you're like, I'm doing, what is the steps? <laughs> what are the things you talk about with the steps? The three-step process. You know, what are the three steps? What you, are, have, you have to apologize. Yeah. You have to acknowledge it. You got to own it. Yeah. And then you have to take corrective action. I did the steps. Yeah. And then you're like, you're a complete jerk. Yeah, you can't shame people after they've issued the apology. Like, I did the thing. I didn't have to do that. I could have just walked out of here. No one would have thought it, but I'm a good person. And I, upon reflection, realized, mm-hmm. while it was not my intent, it was a specific person. Mm-hmm. And I felt I could do that because I was once one of these people. And it's like, hey, we're all in this together. Chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. Then upon reflection, I realized people may not have taken it that way. Yeah. And my intent was in no way to offend anyone other than the guy who screwed with the camera, who he totally should be offended because what a, just a, just a, you are awful. He's, he's probably, he's on his way to Houston at this point. I hope he hears this and I hope he's he knows like, he's because skating you, out of town. you buddy deserve all the criticism <laughs> because first of all, you should know anyway. Casey, mm-hmm. you should know anyway. And then when you're told directly, mm-hmm. don't do it. <laughs> and you know how Rob's going to be if you do it. Mm-hmm. And then you do it anyway. Well, now it's game on. <laughs> it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We have about a minute left, Rob. What do you want to touch on? Do you want to touch on how NASA is building houses on the moon by 2040? Do you want to talk about Hunter Biden taking thousands of do- dollars from his uh, daughter's college fund? <laughs> Do you want to talk about Toys R Us planning on building some brick and mortars? Oh, toy! We got to do Toys R Us. You want to it's talk be about Toys R Us? Okay, I thought maybe you were going to go with Kurt Cobain, how his uh, Fender guitar is fetching two oh, okay. million dollars. Oh, no, that's fine, Or you got Mary Lou Retton, who is oh apparently fighting for her life as she's battling pneumonia. How much did, it, how much did a Kurt Cobain guitar sell for? It's it's up to expected to fetch two million dollars. Seems like the sort of thing that Jim Irsay would purchase, is right? It what you mean with our money? All the tax money that goes yeah. into the... Yeah. yeah. Kurt Cobain's iconic blue Fender guitar. Uh, it was the final show of Nirvana. Defend so- defend your boy, Kev. You think this is a bargain, right? Um, I think it's probably <laughs> worth every penny. <laughs> hey, we've got Abdul who's going to join us next, and we're not going to talk about any of those things. We're going to talk about the Indie Chamber and how horrific they are. Okay. That's what we're going to talk about. It's coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. here and oh i can't think of a better way to wrap up our program today look at this beautiful man he's a he's an author he's a broadcaster <laughs> he's a provocateur he's the owner and operator of indiepolitics.org abdul keep shabazz hello he's got court today uh that's when wearing a jacket still mm-hmm. got the same slogan are you what uh, reasonable doubt for a reasonable fee and we'll that- fight for you until you run out of money and then we'll have you take out a loan <laughs> <laughs> i 
<laughs> okay. you through that process. Uh, okay, so you had this posted over at IndiePolitics.org yesterday, and it just blew me away, and then I realized it was the Indy Chamber, so it didn't blow me away at all. They are endorsing Joe Hogsett. The, yes. The, the group that is supposed to be the arm and spokespeople for the business community have endorsed Joe Hogsett. What are these people thinking? Uh, it, was the, it was the Indy Chamber Business Advocacy Council. That is sort of the political action wing because the chamber itself is a not-for-profit group but it can form a political action committee uh to raise money and endorse candidates and not only do they endorse uh joe hogsett they also endorse uh scott fatness uh mark myers you know matt gentry it's the good time fun gang it's the people they think are going to win because they want favor with the people who win right well in a nutshell, fundamentally, yes. Also, if you look at their council endorsements, they also endorse on the city, Indianapolis City County Council, a lot of the incumbents as well. What what the what the chamber likes is predictability. And you, I joke say the devil you know is always better will always be better than the devil you don't know. But Shreve is a legitimately very successful business owner. It wouldn't you say? Uh, we want the guy who's been a successful business owner versus the guy who went AWOL as the city was looted and rioted and burned to the ground. But also, you got to look at two is okay, you got the business owner versus this guy, but who's go, who's likely going to win? Yeah, so that's and, it, right? And, and that also takes that into account. Now, I want to say uh, Adam Renov in Portville cited an internal chamber poll. They had Joe Hawks up by like 17, uh, 17 points over Shreve. Which that's in line with when you factor in your poll, undecideds, whatever. I mean, that's within the area of kind of where you were at. It's, it's a little outside the margin of error. So I'm trying to find out uh, how many people they polled. Because the, because the sample size also goes to your margin of error, margins of error, what what questions they asked and what the, what the top lines were, and I'm I'm taking an educated guess that my friends at the Indy Chamber did not do an endorsement before they did their polling first. Yeah. So so I look at this. I don't obviously live here. I am forced to work here, and I get in and out of here as fast as humanly possible on about 98 percent of all occasions. Uh, but I look at this and say, if I'm a business owner. And I'm saying, you're going to come to me, Indy Chamber, and want my money and to be a part of your group, and you're supporting this guy who did nothing. I mean, he disappeared and then did nothing. And some people might say supported the people who destroyed downtown Indianapolis. No way I'm out. They don't appear to be worried about that at all. People saying, I'm not going to be a part of the group anymore. Uh, that That's always a risk you run when your political action wing endorses a candidate that you may not necessarily be crazy about. But then again, but on the flip side, of the, the Chamber is going to say, look, we understand Joe's not the perfect candidate, but likely he's going to win. We got to deal with him for four years, so we we do what we got to do. So what's that? Say nice things about him, endorse him. Uh, in part, yeah, in part, in part, it's giving the endorsement. Now, at the end of the day, like we talked about on State House Happenings, do endorsements really matter these these days as much as they did like thirty years ago? Uh, I say you're more likely to listen to your next door neighbor than you are to listen to an organization as far as who should you if you're if you're an undecided voter. So municipal elections, <clears throat> low turnout typically. Low. Uh, about 25%. So isn't that really more important vote than the mayor? Um, yeah, Yes and no. But, but, but municipal elections have always sort of been low low voter turnout. The presidential elections are your high votes, midterm second. Uh, municipals are, are sort of third in that, in that grand scheme of things. However, for the people who are going to vote and are going to participate, what you're trying to do is get those undecided voters, if you're Jefferson Shree, because there are enough of them to make a difference, but you got to run the whole... There, there's no margin for error. You got to run the whole, the whole table. I, I was laughing, Abdul, because there's this ad Hawks that's running, and you know my opinion of Hawks, but this is a really good ad. It's, uh, it's brand new. It's the photo of the guy with going, the gun with the gun 
who's got the gun on his person, which he's you know legally allowed to do in this state, which is a law that Jefferson Shreve is trying to change, who was out doing a campaign event with Jefferson Shreve, and it is, I don't know what, he was on some radio show or t- podcast or something, and he gets asked about it, and he is just bumbling all over the question, and that is the ad. I mean, there's nothing, that is the ad. It's literally the whole thing is the photo and then him getting asked and bumbling all over. It just shows how completely hypocritical Shreve was and how disingenuous this gun grab proposal was. And I got to give Boss Hogs that credit. That's a great ad. When I was uh, watching uh, Shit's Creek on Netflix last on uh, Hulu last night, because I just started binge watching it again, there was a Hawks at that, and it was exact that exact same advertisement. So it means that and uh, early was a Jefferson Shreve ad. You no, know, I'm the mayor. I'm responsible. So mm-hmm. the the fact that these guys are you know fighting the war in the in the streaming universe on a show that's been off the air for like a couple years now, <laughs> that that kind of show, kind of shows you how much is it how much is it is at stake here. But but you're right on on the Jefferson Shreve ad. My response would have been, look, the guy was a law-abiding citizen. He was following the law. He wasn't a dangerous criminal. This type of people I want to carry because I want them to protect themselves as opposed to the to the to the to the to the criminal. Yeah, but he can't do that now because he wants to take everybody's gun, right? I mean, he was a law-abiding whatever. Uh, if you're Shreve, let's, I, let's look this way. I'd have done. I'd answer that question differently. Well, I know, and that's why I supported <laughs> you to be the candidate for mayor because I knew what a ding dong this guy was going to be, um, and we were proven right. Before I let you go, the uh, if you're Shreve, let's say it plays out in the world, your poll or this, you know, apparently chamber poll, Shreve loses. Are you looking around? What does the next day look like? Are you looking around at all these people, all these consultants that you hired and going, somebody owes me an explanation because he is going to have wasted millions upon millions of dollars of his own money to just basically get his backside handed to him. I would sue some people for malpractice. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, right. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, he got terrible advice. He has doubled and quadrupled down on the terrible advice. And this is why he finds himself, because this was a winnable race. It, it, it was winnable. Uh, I also uh, mentioned too. Uh, that Jefferson needs, in, in my in my opinion, over these next you know thirty days and change since early voting actually begins uh, today, believe it or not, is you got to learn to speak English. Yeah, and speak English to the people uh, where they are. For example, when he did the uh, debate uh, last Sunday with the Annapolis Recorder, he talked about like you know ARC funds. Now I know what that is. It's American Recovery Act funds. But if you're mm-hmm. an average regular person, you have no idea what that is. Like you got to talk to people how they are because fundamentally. Voting is an emotional process. People vote for people vote for who they like or vote against who they can't stand. Yeah. So you got to make that you got to make that emotional connection. Now, I can like it because of your policies on you no know, public safety, roads, economic development, but still fundamentally, I like you, mm-hmm. and and that's what and that's what Jefferson has got to get in his head over the course of these next 30 days and it'll help people to like him if they can understand him yes okay one last question abdul on my way in this morning i saw a banner ad on an indigo bus and it was from wish tv and it was promoting the upcoming debate with hogset and shreve do you think they're going to get a lot of viewers for that and if so will it move the needle for either one of them uh, I don't think it'll move the needle for those who've already made up their minds. I do think it potentially move the needle for those undecided voters because mm-hmm. that's what you're shooting for right now. Since there's such, uh, it's one thing to have like you no know, three or four percent undecided in, a, in an election, but to have 16, 17 percent undecided, that's a big number. And uh, two, uh, the the theory is that in, in an undecided voters go two to one for the challenger. 
but there's still quite not enough to get Jefferson over the hump. So he's got to go for that that other one. Yeah. All right. Well, are you working this weekend? Are you doing actually anything that actually benefits our radio station? Actually, uh, I'm in uh, on Indiana <laughs> issues this week. Uh, we're talking about tax reform and actually uh, playing the uh, the audio from Luke Kinley's testimony. Oh, how great! Hey, I got a job for you. We need to get him on State House Happenings. You gotta. You, can you do that? I don't. I bet he's not gonna return my phone call. Can you do that? Everyone likes you. He was at my wedding. Sure. Uh, well, of course. Very good. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's it. The, find him at IndyPolitics.org. Abdul keeps you boss. Thank you. Thank you. And that's going to do it for us today. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening today. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.